Hey everybody, welcome to Answer the Call. I am Kelsey Kemp, and this is a podcast for high-performing Christian professionals who want to find their calling and craft an incredible career that's aligned with it, so you can make a meaningful impact with the best of your talents in the decades of work ahead. And to that end, this interview with my friend and former client, Ava, is going to be incredibly helpful and inspiring to you because you're going to hear her story of making a total career pivot without having to go back to school, without taking a pay cut, and without even applying to the incredible jobs that she ended up landing. How did she do that? She will share the details of our work together and what made all the difference, including how she made a massive leap in her salary negotiation, even though she had a humbling moment where she felt like she ruined her chances to be able to ask for more. You're going to hear all this and more in her story, uh, including specific numbers and exactly how we went about this mysterious business of discerning her calling. You get to hear all that in this episode, so I'll leave you to it. I hope you love it. And don't forget to leave a rating and review at the end. Now, ratings and reviews are available on Spotify. So my Spotify listeners, in addition to enjoying the video version of this podcast, you also get to leave a rating and review as well as engage with the Q&A and uh, polls and responses uh, feature on that podcasting platform if you listen over there. All right. I hope you enjoy this episode. Boom, we're rolling. Ava, I am so excited that you're here. The time has come. Your story gets to be shared. It's a really exciting one. So thanks. Here we are. Yay. Any starting words? All right. You're (laughs) excited. I'm excited. So the brief story arc is that you started as a structural engineer, like went hard into a (laughs) career in structural (laughs) engineering, uh, which for those of like maybe you are more of a maybe you are a business major like me and are have been shamefully unlearned about engineering. On the whole, I am now very learned about it, but I, well, from the outside, but it's a civil engineering specialty or a specialty within civil engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily, like, I wouldn't say it's in the tech realm at all. No, no definitely not. But <laughs> guess where you are now? <laughs> spoilers. If spoilers, you are loving your work as a UX researcher, a lesser known specialty of UX, a really hot topic, hot field these days. <laughs> so now we get the absolute joy of hearing how the heck that actually happened. That's a big career pivot oh, yeah. after spending, what was it like seven years of through your undergrad, you got your master's, yeah. top student, <laughs> star-studded <laughs> resume, internships, what was that like two and a half years of full-time experience yeah and then you come to this moment where you're like maybe I should do something (laughs) totally different so what brought you to that to reconsider everything yeah I think I had been unhappy with it for a while but I kept on having these next steps and these feelings of oh if I just finish my undergrad degree maybe they don't like it. 
or I just gotta try the masters and go through with it and maybe then I'll like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or what about like, oh, what, maybe the promotion, maybe what if I just like slightly pivot? What if there's like a yeah. different team in the same field that I could be on? Yeah, this is so relatable. Yeah. We have all thought these things. <laughs> all these little milestones. I even was like, I need to work full time for two years and just like, maybe then I'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what made you uh, what gave you the hunch that you were going to like structural engineering at all? Like, why did you get into it? Yeah, I, because it's so interesting. I still think it's really interesting. I have so much respect for the field and I love learning about it still, but it's, it was always like, I was drawn to the, how tangible it was and the tangible impact. And it just makes sense. I have a very practical mind and it's like, <laughs> you have gravity, you have a beam, <laughs> like put these things together and you make a building. Like it just remarkable me to it. And that's part of the reason why, like I kept on sticking with it because I was interested in it and curious about it. Mm-hmm. And yet, <laughs> and yet somehow it wasn't producing a magical sense of satisfaction. <laughs> No, no, it was stress, so much stress and this crazy lack of confidence that just was not getting any better the more I worked at it. And I think you asked, like, what was the main tipping point Mm -hmm. um, of how I decided to leave it? And it wasn't until my husband started telling me how much me being stressed was affecting him and like bringing him down. And it was like this turning point of like, I'm not only miserable myself, but it's keeping me from being my best self. And it's like adversely affecting other people in my life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I, I'm not even, you know, I'm a single person, but I really deeply experienced that too. Actually, I wonder if you relate to this. I really, really held off making, um, any moves on this ever increasing urge to (laughs) find a new job. I really pushed that down because I was very scared about uh, being entitled or chasing a, or I was actually uh, from a spiritual perspective. um, I was really concerned that um, I wasn't being faithful or content Like the Christian Mm -hmm. journey is one where at least in my spiritual upbringing and the messages that I heard growing up in the faith, I was really thinking that your number one objective is to fight for contentment always instead (laughs) of, I only learned about this, um, as I kind of really poured through a biblical understanding of how am I supposed to think about what choice I have in my career. Is it selfish to go out and seek fulfillment and purpose in my work? And ultimately I realized it's a point of faithfulness to Mm. take observation of who you are, what circumstances you thrive in, where you're most productive, where you're happy and go do more good with that. And then also it's, like we could talk about fighting for contentment all day long, but if you're 
circumstance, it's not very wise to stay in it because you're just, it's naturally extremely stressful that has such a circumstance and an effect on who you're around. So my roommates, my community, like, it's not fun to be around a stressful person and it drags it's a drag. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I think it's really helpful to around you. Yes. When you're in yeah. that state of mind all the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever struggle with feeling like it's selfish to go make a move to make you happier in your career? Oh, for sure. Because, um, you know, I think I looked to people like my parents and my dad, you know, worked the same job for 30 something years and he didn't love it, but he did it for the right reasons for him, which was like a stable job supporting his family. And he was great at it. Anyway, like I looked to that. I also, I mean, I admit my parents paid for my college. Yeah. What was I supposed to do with that? Like, am I disgracing them by throwing away this degree that they so graciously like gave to me (laughs) and struggling yeah absolutely with that feeling of uh selfishness like why should I make myself happier when I can put up with this and I can do the job and um yeah Oh my gosh, what a trap when, especially you're a hardworking person, you're super smart. There's a lot that you can do in muscle through. Like there's a ton. There's going to be most jobs that you're like, yep, just all right. Give me the the company laptop, give me a desk and I'm good. Like I'll be able to do it. I'll hit my benchmark uh, measures of success, but Uh, that's not what you can do is nowhere near the same as what you're meant to do. And so I love how this going back to this moment with your husband, John, we love John. Uh, (laughs) He's like, Oh, actually it's going to be a lot better for us if you make a change. So where did you go from there and how did we get connected? (laughs) This gives me such a kick. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, Okay. So gosh, I'm like even trying to figure out how much to share. I think I started by trying to fix it myself, mm-hmm. trying to read books about this like career coaching and trying to do it um, myself. Yeah. Brainstorming and just reading some really excellent books that I got a lot out of, but it wasn't enough to get me somewhere new. And so that's when I started um, frantically Googling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I didn't know anyone who had done something like this, but I knew that it was a, a thing you could get career coaching. I don't even remember like how I found you on Google. <laughs> I, just, I was somewhere on like, the, I have really upped my Google game since then. And so oh. now apparently when you search Christian career coach, I'm number one, baby. But <laughs> at the time you were like, searched. girl, I can't even find you. I think you like, after a while you're like, I think your SEO is like not pristine. <laughs> but anyway, through, uh, it's funny now, this is like a little precursor. Ironically, I'm realizing now that you're, you literally do research for a living. Somehow uh-huh. you found me on Google. When <laughs> that wasn't so easy to do. At the time. <laughs> yeah. But I think I was definitely drawn by the idea of the combo of Christian perspective on career coaching. Yeah. And that was really exciting to me. And then we had a awesome conversation like to kick things off like when you're free 30 minute um 
chats and knew that we could really take this a long way and was really excited to work with you. Yes, I think we ended that call. You were like, I also think that we should have a happy hour sometime. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I think we should just hang out. Like no matter if I do yeah. with you or not, I just think you're a cool person. <laughs> That's so, oh gosh, that warms my heart because now, you know, we really just knew each other through the time that we worked together professionally. But how long has it been? I don't know, a year and a half or a year or so. And now yeah. we're like in the same yeah. small group, church small group in Austin. <laughs> This is amazing. But back to your career story. So uh, we started working together. And one big question that I get, which I love this question, Mm -hmm. is, all right, Kelsey, so you're talking about helping Christians discern what they feel God is calling them to do in their career, practically and biblically. And then you, yeah, of course, like once you discern what you, what position you feel called to go serve in, then you move into the traditional career coaching stuff like resume, interview prep, networking strategy, um, salary negotiation, all that. I get that. But wait, how do you actually help people find their calling? So <laughs> what can you describe your perspective on the process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what I didn't realize that I had some of the same questions and what I didn't know is that with um, your program, what helped me so much and what was the difference between me trying to do it myself and working with you was stripping it back to who I am who has God created me to be not even thinking about work stuff yet like I had spent so much time just throwing things at the wall like I could be this or I could be this instead of taking a step back and having that introspective moment of what am I motivated by what are my core values like I used those so much as I was continuing to think about my job search. Even after we stopped working, I like had a summary page that I had (laughs) compiled, like all the stuff from our workshops onto it. It's like, okay, I want to be at doing this, this, and this, and these are my values. And this is what I care about. And this is my mission. And I like when you take it back to that core of who you are, and it doesn't have to be you forever. It's like you in that moment, understanding God's gifts that he's given you, you have such a broader perspective on where you can go from there. And it's very freeing. (laughs) So freeing. And I love how you mentioned, it's not how you are. It doesn't have to be who you are forever. It's who you are right now, because Uh, as a friend wisely said, when I was actually like way back trying to navigate my own career decision, she said, well, actually let's just focus on instead of projecting out, what am I going to like doing 20 years from now? Or what, uh, who am I going to become? You could actually only make decisions based off what you know, right now. That's it. That's it. And so, especially as you pursue um, more career steps into, with a sense of calling, mm-hmm. your sense of who God created you to be only becomes more and more vivid over time. But I love how, how much you enjoyed that initial taking inventory of yeah. what, wait, who am I? What do I like doing? What am I really innately talented at? Yeah. What do I, what was I made to uniquely value and hold mm-hmm. as important to me? Uh, and how does that line up with 
like these criteria that it allows me to set that I put each potential career option that I'm thinking through, through these criteria. So it makes it very clear. Yes. Um, It even helped like me realize why I was not a good fit for structural engineering. Like once I had those laid out, I was like, oh, this is why I like this part of this job. And this is why I hate the rest of it. (laughs) Because I'm getting to do these things that I care deeply about. That is so important, especially since it must have just instilled your confidence and sense of peace to let it go. Yeah. Even more. Because that's a part of the process. The confidence that I could be grateful for this is what I took from that experience. This is how it led me to the next experience, but there's a reason why I'm not staying with it anymore. Yeah. It helped so much with getting over that hump of, am I being selfish with this or like letting it go? I understand why this wasn't a good fit, but exactly. As you said, here are the things I can take from it and move forward. This, I'm really excited to go into this next phase of your story where after we've done this deep dive into who did God create you to be and how do you generally feel called to serve and we start mm-hmm. noticing themes, we start uh, kind of noticing a central mission that's emerging, then we start comparing that to real life job options that mm-hmm. might be a great vehicle for you to complete that mission through and you I think hold the record (laughs) of any I've worked with over a hundred people now you hold the record for the most amount of career options explored (laughs) you were just so eager and excited and you're like yeah I really actually do want to explore a career in firefighting and gardening (laughs) and being an English as a second language teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. What were some of the other career options you remembered exploring? Oh, oh man. I considered everything. Um, Meteorologist. That's always been my dream job. Like someday. I still hold out hope. (laughs) Now is not the time. (laughs) That's for your third big phase in your career. I was like, I love animals. I could be a vet. I love Spanish. As you said, I could be an ESL teacher, like landscape architect. Uh, Yeah, definitely know a lot about firefighting now that I did not know before. (laughs) I was just, because I had literally no idea where to go what I wanted to do I was willing to consider anything like there it was not thinking outside the box there just like was no box like (laughs) I was just like what do I like and where do I go from here (laughs) I let's all take a note out of your book Ava like it's not that I was thinking out of the box it's that there was no box (laughs) box. that's amazing And thinking back on this in the past couple of days, um, I think I really had to let myself explore all of these crazy options and consider everything so that I wouldn't look back on it and feel let down that I didn't explore things that I love and could feel really, really good about what I eventually chose, which I do. (laughs) Yes, which you love what you do now. Yeah. And that's something that I really encourage clients and listeners in. Please 
do what you're mentioning, Ava, which is give yourself the favor of honoring all the options that are spinning around in your head. And how do you do that practically? This is a great time to shift into how did this actually work out when you're talking about uh, evaluating these different career options and confidently pointing out, no, I'm going to close that door. That's not actually what Mm -hmm. I want. Or yes, let's explore this a little further. Enter one of your favorite tools that I teach about informational interviews. So tell me a little bit about how, um, what (laughs) I'm trying to, I know that we could just rave about informational interviews and the power and and how they really were one of the backbones to your career transition experience. Uh, so maybe I'll just have you more openly share. Why was it so fundamental to, uh, of a tool that allowed you to figure out exactly what you want to do and then actually get that job? Yeah. Um, Informational interviews are amazing. <laughs> I just toot that horn a little more. <laughs> um, they're for all those jobs that I just listed, any of them that I knew I wanted to take seriously, it was the idea that, like, oh, you can just reach out to someone and they will talk to you about this job and they will say, this is what the day to day is like. This is how you get here. These are really important characteristics of someone in my field. Um, I ended up absolutely just loving the process of informational interviews. And I think that's part of why I love my job now (laughs) and helped me see that just because I get to interview people on my job. Um, But it, first of all, helped me understand the jobs that I was thinking about and then it also was just an amazing connection tool in which I got to meet a lot of really cool people in the industry, eventually in the UX industry who connected me to other people and I'm connected on LinkedIn with them and it's such a great in. Um, and I can talk about how that led to my first job. Yes, I go there. please, please, please. Because okay. uh, Oh man, this is why this is one of the most fundamental parts of career coaching that I lead clients through. So the header here is if I just gave somebody a one sentence overview of your story, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Ava actually landed a job in a totally new industry without even applying for it and without having to go back to school, even though that's quite traditional for UX to go get at least a boot camp certification. Mm. Yeah. So pretty remarkable. Tell us how that actually worked out. Yeah. So I was doing these informational interviews and I was talking to people in the UX industry. I wasn't sure um, exactly what part of UX I wanted to do. So I was just talking to all kinds of people and some of them, most of them were friends of friends or friends of family. And I was telling my little brother that I was doing all this and learning all this. He goes, well, you should talk to my coworker. He's a UX designer. I was like, great. And he connected me. Um, I had a great conversation with this guy. He was so friendly and really nice. And he mentioned that his wife was a UX researcher freelance. 
and I'm like oh man that's the coolest thing like that just sounds amazing what even is that and without me even asking she he like says that she'd be happy to talk to me I'm like okay like this these are just falling into my lap like okay great so we have a wonderful conversation with my this is my brother's coworker's wife at this point that I'm talking to and she is amazing I'm drooling over her job during our entire conversation and she's side note people are so happy to share about their jobs and just love it it's a win-win like they <laughs> they have so much fun sharing so I had a great conversation with her and it ended and I spent the next few days kicking myself I'm like why didn't I ask her like if there's anything I could do to help her or if I could step in like why didn't I say anything and I was trying to figure out how to reconnect with her and bring that up and then she emailed me <laughs> and I was like hey Ava can you get on a call I'm wondering if you can help me out with some work and something in the way she wrote the email I was thinking like oh we'll get on a call and I'll help her out for an hour and that'll be great and I was excited about it and I get on the call with her and she's she basically goes so how much per hour do you want to make oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> like this is a job so she just she was in a really busy point in her career like she had several projects happening at once and she needed an extra hand and I was available and she knew that and we had had a great conversation and so I got to work with her for the next seven months as a part-time like as needed research assistant with like doing real work with a master of her field. Like, and so, okay. I mean, I could go on how amazing this was, but it not only gave me some incredible experience that led to my first full-time job, but it also helped me validate that I liked research. <laughs> because I got to taste it with her. It was just the absolute perfect most perfect thing that could happen. Oh my goodness. Let me highlight it because to kind of give um, a title to this experience, to give context in people's minds for future yeah. reference, what you leveraged is essentially like a paid apprenticeship model, i.e. Yeah. remote part-time work. That's what it was, mm -hmm. but you got to learn from, like you said, a master in your, in your now field of yeah. UX, you got to make sure not only through, even if it was just informational interviews, that's already a big head start to unfortunately what most people resort to, which is just, I'll just kind of hide behind a screen research forever and hope that yeah. Google tells me enough mm -hmm. about this job. Or, uh, I kind of perceive, I know a lot about it because it's in the cultural uh, awareness, maybe something as big as HR. It turns out that has <laughs> dozens of specialties that are yeah. much different from one another and would give you a much different life and work experience. Yeah. And um, so it's great that you went the extra mile to at least, I mean, this is a huge investment of your life, getting another job. 
Yeah. You spend a lot of time at work. You want it to be purposeful. So why wouldn't you just pick up the phone and ask some critical, thoughtful questions like, what would you have to like doing, be good at, and have a tolerance for to be yeah. great in this profession? And mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest questions that I advocate for people asking. So you did that, but even further, you got this job opportunity and got it actually just by being a nice, willing person. Of course, you yeah. had finesse in your conversation and have proven yourself to be a really able professional, uh, but through accomplishments in a totally different field. But I think one thing that I would love to flag for people is especially when you're speaking with small, especially small business owners, could even be a small to medium-sized company. Mm. Actually, they're really looking for more of that willing spirit, nice to talk to, good work ethic, yeah, than overthinking a lot of the other details. And and the, I think the innocence of the conversation, how that started, it's it's not like I'm coming and and or anyone's coming in an informational interview going, I want a job. Here's what I want. It's I want to get to know you. Yes. I've gotten to know you, and now I know that you're here. And in this case, because she knew I was a person, and we had a nice conversation when she needed someone, she was able to reach out to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually exactly how I've hired a two part-time, well, a contractor and a part-time employee as well. Mm -hmm. that, so maybe just flag, flag for future use listeners. <laughs> that actually might be how a lot of smaller companies hire and operate, especially yeah. since actually the a broader statistic is uh, 70 and estimated 70 to 85% of positions are <laughs> filled through internal referrals and personal relationships. Yeah, I so this it. is a key example of that. So after a while, you were ready to go look for a full-time position in UX mm -hmm. research. And I would love to know exactly how that worked out. And especially hear from you of, I know that Slack groups <laughs> yeah. were a part of that journey. And that's a lesser known <laughs> hack. Some people might just think, yes, looking on LinkedIn and even joining some LinkedIn networking groups for your industry that you'd like to move into, that could be really powerful. But some industries, particularly in tech, yeah. might be leaning on Slack groups. Oh. So how did that work out? So I don't even remember how I found some of these Slack groups. Somewhere along the line, someone was like, oh, you can join UX and ATX was what it was called. And there are several, especially as you said, in the tech industry, it's groups of people who in non-COVID times used to meet up on a regular basis. And just, it's a thing, at, you know, on same on LinkedIn or meetup, but it's just some of them are in Slack channels now. And I found three or four of them that are specific. One was a specific UX researcher that was like a global um, Slack, which is really cool. And then uh, two or three were local Austin UX groups. And all of them had a little like hashtag jobs section. I don't know what the Slack term is for it, yeah. <laughs> but people would post um, helpful articles and then people would post jobs and they'd say, hey, my company is hiring for this person. Reach out if you have any questions, which is 
gold when you're talking about informational interviews and connections because you immediately have a name and someone who's willing to talk to you um which just goes such a long way compared to just throwing your name in a bucket um so so that's how I got two jobs so I had been (laughs) (laughs) I had been working as a the part-time research assistant when someone's posted in the slack channel saying hey I'm looking for a part-time research assistant and I go I'm doing that already and it's part-time so I've got other (laughs) part-time will you hire me so I had two part-time jobs as a research assistant for a little bit and that was enough to where I was applying to full-time jobs and someone posted in Slack and said, hey, my company's hiring. We're hiring anyone, including researchers. And so I reached out to him, like we had a personal conversation. I said, are you willing to chat with me for a little bit? Curious about the company. So like did that informational interview with him and he was able to like submit an internal referral for me, even though we'd never met. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay that that's cash money right oh, there yeah. honestly everyone please don't underestimate the power of knowing <laughs> that when you're ca- connecting with people for informational interviews first it's just flattering like you said Ava. Yes. it's just really flattering and fun for them to get to reflect on their career experience and have that encourage and help another person yeah but then if you are serious and in initiating a more intentional conversation around getting a job like you're mentioning now which it's really helpfully set up in the context of a slack channel like some that mm-hmm. hey this is just a slack channel for like job openings so know that you are not bothering anyone by saying, yeah, awesome. I'm really interested. I would love to initiate a conversation with you. You're not wasting their time. Honey, do you oh. know they're going <laughs> to submit an internal referral doc or uh, like know that if you get hired, they could get, I've heard of uh, anywhere from like one to $6,000 as oh, a yeah. kickback for you being, them being the person that brought on or it like referred you for the hire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just sponsored somebody's trip to Hawaii. Do <laughs> exactly. not feel bad about reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I'm curious how the interview process went. Uh, I'm sure that it was probably a lot more of a breeze since you had uh, collected UX research experience on your resume. But yeah. was it ever a concern for you because you, um, Maybe the boot camps are definitely more common for UX development, a different specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you ever been concerned in any of the interviews um, uh, that you were going into for UX stuff of, oh, what if my experience isn't extensive enough? Or was that not a concern? Um, it absolutely was a concern. I think I'm a bad example because I only interviewed for one like full-time job. Oh no, we love to hear it, but you didn't have to struggle so much in multiple interviews, but I, I just love highlighting kind of the 
raw emotions that all of us go through because I know so many of us are probably really admiring so much of your story thus far (laughs) and knowing like oh she's so fun and smart and nice to talk to you and she already racked up this experience in part-time work so she was definitely ready for the full-time interview but actually the real life experiences usually nobody (laughs) comes out without some insecurities coming up Um, yet that didn't stop you from getting the job. So I was wondering what that was like, any nerves that you had before the interview? Yeah, definitely had big nerves. And I think in the end, it was a role that I ended up taking in the team I was on. It ended up being a perfect fit because instead of talking about, like, instead of trying to sound super smart about how much I know about research, we spent a lot more time talking about, hey, like, I really want to work on a team here's what I missed out on in my last job. I really want to collaborate with people. Like, here's what I'm excited about listening. I'm excited about empathizing and coming at it with a humble approach of like, I don't know all this, but I'm stoked to learn. And I have all this curiosity. I think for the role that I got, um, that was what they were looking for more than the specific experience and knowledge base, which was, yeah. Absolutely perfect. You know what I hear? Exactly what you said, like a shocking number of times from different people in mm-hmm. totally different industries. Yeah. Totally different. I think that LinkedIn job postings or, you know, wherever it's posted, indeed, whatever. As we look at job postings and see ever increasing, <laughs> increasingly intense job requirements section. Mm-hmm. on that posting, it could be very easy to convince yourself and let your insecurities speak up of, oh no, like if they just want somebody to be so perfect. And they also want somebody to have been doing this exact position for three years. And for whatever reason, just accept the same position without a promotion. <laughs> um, but the reality is that the human, especially the hiring manager, you know, your future boss, direct boss that you'll be working with, what they prioritize a vast majority of the time. And I've heard this from extremely seasoned recruiters that Mm -hmm. have seen thousands of candidates placed is they are really looking for someone who really wants to be there, has a genuine, as well, first sense of integrity and eagerness to learn. And is ready to go for it, learn whatever you need to on the job. Uh, And otherwise it's just really nice to work with and has a resume that it doesn't necessarily need to show that you've already done everything that this job requires. You're going to have a stretch. You're going to have to learn new things, but rather they're looking for accomplishments that show this is the kind of professional that I know would thrive here. This is just the kind of person that would thrive here. And I want their mind on my team. So it (laughs) seems like your experience backed that up too, especially with now that we're in the great resignation that's buzzed about so Mm -hmm. much of so many people quitting, um, turnover and a lack of retention. Is it extremely, um, it's extremely expensive to companies. That's hard. It's really hard. So it's only going to be more relevant. What I just said all the time that companies are looking for somebody who has a genuine hunger and fit for the role. 
they want to learn exactly what they're going to have to learn and they want to be there. So I love that your story demonstrates that too. (laughs) Can you tell us about your salary negotiation experience? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Giggles. (laughs) So embarrassing, but it all worked out in the end. It all worked out. Lessons learned. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So the whole interview process just went way faster than I was expecting. So when I am on the phone with my now boss and he says, by the way, like what salary range or salary would you like? Are you anticipating? I was totally unprepared. Had I been on top of things, I would have known in advance but I I was just totally caught off guard by how fast they asked me and like a total noob I gave them a number on the phone I that I truly would have been really happy with so I had been I'm let me preface this by saying I'm incredibly grateful for every dollar that I've ever been paid and I just it's unreal to me how much I get to make, but I was making 80k as an engineer almost. Yeah, Um, and one of the highest paying in civil specialties, right? Oh yeah, like it's really good. And that yeah, I was so happy with that. But um, so when they asked me on the phone, I was like, well, I'd be happy to just like it'd be awesome if I could make as much as I was making before. (laughs) I was like, I was willing to take less than that because I knew it was a career change and you know who knows so I said 80k on the phone and he just kind of starts laughing at me and starts telling me why I would be making so much more than that and like explaining to me how my experience would mean that I would come in at a higher level he's like you wouldn't be entry level you've got this this and this (laughs) He is advocating for you. And, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? I take it back. Like I said nothing for done, like la la la. Like you did not hear that. Never mind. <laughs> Cause I was just so afraid that like if I give them this number, that they have every reason to give me a lower offer because they know that I'm happy with this. And they want to take advantage of that or you know, yeah. gosh. Yeah. So what actually happened? (laughs) So I got my offer letter and it was a full 15K over. So (laughs) my offer was for 95, which I'm like, whoa, that's a ton of money. And here's where I really struggled because I was so happy with that. And obviously they knew I was going to be really happy with that. But I at this point had read multiple times your guide to negotiation and I had done a lot more research on what do UX researchers like for this specific role on average make in Austin Texas and I knew that that number was actually a little bit lower than average and I was like ah this battle between so much gratitude and yet wanting to ask for yeah. What was average the market standard? 
like yeah. market rate. You know how you go to a really expensive seafood restaurant and they don't list the price. They're like, yeah. fish of the day is market rate. <laughs> I think that's, you're like, well, I'm just going to ask for market rate. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I should have said in the beginning. Yeah. But I, I read your guide over and over drove John crazy, just like agonizing over this. I'm like, no, Kelsey would want me to negotiate. <laughs> I, yes. I can't not negotiate. And like, I had done enough research that I actually felt like I was telling the truth that here's what I would prefer that I think is fair and more accurate. So I negotiated my little 5k raise above that and make six figures oh technically gosh. speaking the crowd screams everyone's standing the stands are going wild so this whole career change thing people are like so are you uh, not everyone but my parents are like so are you making like how much are you making compared to an engineer are you making as much I'm like y'all uh, y'all sit down <laughs> so much it, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for that and yeah and what a wild ride I am too I know everybody is and it's so funny God knew that uh, that's just between you know you're talking with John you're figuring out it's so personal and it's like you're sitting at your laptop trying to send an email and with the internal battle of they already, I played my cards. They know that I'm willing to accept yeah. a lot less than this. Yeah. And yet I'm going to still just ask. And right. God knew that you would be on a podcast one day. Actually <laughs> giving that, I that feels like the biggest breath of fresh air to hear when so many of us are scared mm-hmm. to- negotiate at all (laughs) you technically did what so many of us would think is like the end to your salary negotiation like you blew it honestly like that's a lot of what (laughs) that sounds harsh but that's how I think we would talk to ourselves if we were in that position yeah like oh I blew it chance is gone yet still you probably rebounded in the most sincere way in that email of thank you so much like they know how grateful and excited you are to be a part of that team um and then and I have this all templated out of the exact mm-hmm. email to initiate a salary negotiation with like you're yeah. expressing a and lot of gratitude it. and affirming yes perfect you use yeah. it but then you get to also say hey also since our conversation I did do research perfectly fine and acceptable to assert that. And I want to point out how refreshing it is just to notice just how authentic you are. You're like a very, (laughs) such a lovable person. Like you're um, like fun and effervescent and just like so (laughs) innocent in your approach of, yeah, I'm just really excited to learn this and uh, really excited to be a part of the team. And so it doesn't strike me as strange at all that the, um, your boss, your future boss that you were talking to on the phone would mm-hmm. actually want to say, oh no, I want Ava to have the best. 
She's such a sincere person. She's not getting at anything. I want her to actually know. I want to advocate for her. I want her to know that actually, no, she doesn't have to scrape by with that just because technically, yes, that's an amazing salary. Like Mm -hmm. many people would be grateful for 80K, but I want her to know that she actually can have what the market rate is. So (laughs) I would love that to be an encouragement to everyone listening Mm -hmm. to of, just be super sincere and authentic to who you are, because that probably speaks louder than anything. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was um, a major, not even underlying a leading factor in why you ran into all these people along the way that just wanted to help you out and give you the Mm -hmm. best. (laughs) I think that we often assume we have to be so corporate-y and like stiff. Right when you were just yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Just myself saying dumb things. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that's true though. And I appreciated that from other people in response of their totally honest opinions and thoughts about the field, but like in informational interviews and yeah. Now, what advice would you give to someone who is considering their own career transition, especially who might um, relate to fears like, oh, I'm scared about wasting my past experience or mm-hmm. what if a truly fun, rewarding, exciting job doesn't actually exist? What if I would have to take a major pay cut? Um, yeah. What encouragement and advice would you like to share with them? Um, oh gosh, yeah. I don't feel like I have any glowing advice other than I felt all those things too, and it has been so worth it, a thousand million times worth it, because I feel like, and I I know I've seen you talk about this a lot, Kelsey, where no matter how old you are, like, if you're really unhappy with your work, you have the ability to change that, and it's affecting so much of your life. Like, your work is 40 hours a week. If you need to spend a year going back to school to change that you have so many years of work after that that you get to reap the benefits of that little flip like that little sacrifice and it's a really really exciting thing <laughs> um you can do it you can do you it. can do it I in you. we're all just like normal people around here yeah. and like everyone I have on the podcast who's sharing their story nobody when I just share like a common doubt or insecurity that's not foreign to anybody it's like oh yeah let me tell you about when I felt that so big time um yet still you just tried and said what if it could be different what if it could be me what if I could get it uh and reached out for help and I'm curious like what almost if anything stopped you from reaching out for career coaching or what were some doubts or concerns that you might have had and why were you ultimately glad that you pulled the trigger anyway yeah I think one thing I mentioned earlier was like I thought I could do it myself and I thought that I I just needed to think like take the time to to think about it myself and read some books and like I just, I tried it and didn't make it very far. There's something to be said about being held accountable for progressing and getting 
really great resources talking to someone who this is your job like you know so much about this and you can take away so much of that time and apply a lot of focus um and and that was again a thousand percent worth it and i also was afraid that christian career coaching would be really cheesy like oh i gosh. thought it would be thank you for saying that <laughs> I thought I was really worried like about that specifically because I was like this is gonna be so superficial we're just gonna pray about it and it's not gonna be practical at all like (laughs) and it's not like at least in this case working with you it's extremely practical it's like Mm -hmm. not forgetting the reality that we live in and not but at the same time, not losing sight of the place that work has in like God's purpose for our lives and connecting those two. You just did that really beautifully of making it extremely sincere, but not impractical. Yeah. Not impractical. Oh, praise God. That's exactly one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to go all in and yeah. specialize as a a Christian career coach helping other faith-driven professionals make meaningful career pivots. It's just like, I, and I experienced the same thing looking for like a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. Depressed? Let's just pray about it. (laughs) Surely Jesus Christ himself wasn't that mind-numbingly impractical. (laughs) Like that is really irritating. And so I have, it's just been one of the greatest joys of my work of helping people distill their doubts and fears uh, into like understanding the root theological question there of if you're concerned about is maximizing my potential selfish or is it faithful? painting the biblical stories and the pictures to back up, like have a biblical view of how you're meant to lead your life and what the heck you're supposed to do with this big, big element of your life called work. And was that meant to be backbreaking character building torture? Hmm. (laughs) No, actually, if you read read the Bible, it will say (laughs) otherwise. So I love just condensing that for my clients so we could start with this understanding of how blessed and favored and approved of mm-hmm. your career exploration is. So then we can move on into all that tangible thing, stuff like understanding, breaking down like the career relevant aspects of your personality and yeah translating that into a a specific decision and helping you find what job is a match for that and would allow you to maximize your potential for the glory of God and the good of others. And side note, I love how, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe that you knew, sorry, UX research specifically existed. No, not so much. I knew like a little bit about it. Yeah. That's always my favorite when it's like, I'm in a job that I didn't really know existed. It's the best. (laughs) 
So think again, if you don't think your dream job exists, it does exist. You probably just don't know what it's called yet. There you go. So, next research could be structural engineering. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Ava, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I couldn't yeah. be more grateful for you. And I know that this has been a big encouragement to those listening. So I will encourage anybody uh, who wants to just send some love to Ava and share what was most encouraging. Uh, go ahead, maybe connect with you on LinkedIn, if that sounds good to you, Ava. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. Okay. That's sweet. Chat. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Informational interview queen is probably <laughs> willing to return the favor. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Kelsey. This has been such a joy. Incredible. Thank you so much to Ava for sharing her story. And if you would like to work with me, you could apply for one of my one-on-one coaching spots for high-performing Christian professionals who are committed to making a meaningful career move in the next three to six months. Whether that happens to be landing a job at a company you admire already within your field or pivoting like Ava into a totally new career path altogether, you can head to my website and apply for a free 60 minute career strategy session with me at kelseykemp.com slash services, kelseykemp.com slash services. That link is also in the show notes. And that is the way that you could learn a little bit more about how my individual coaching program works and what it could do for you as well as more client case studies, uh, more than Ava. Cause like I mentioned, I've worked with over a hundred people now, so you could hear and see more screenshots and client transformation stories there. Otherwise you could follow along with me, um, where I'm always posting on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm at Kelsey underscore the call to career, uh, where you could see behind the scenes work as well as free career tips and encouragement. Okay, you guys, uh, if you were encouraged by this, please, please leave a rating and review wherever you are on any platform. And I will see you next week with another inspiring episode.